All right, it is another episode of What Do I Do Now, season two, and we've had a lot of conversations thus far already, and this one is very, very special because it piggybacks off the hiatus episode where I disclosed that I went out and sought professional help. I went out and got a therapist. I am um, taking medication now to, you know, regulate feelings and things of that nature, but right now joining the platform, I have a wonderful friend a best friend and a mental health expert by the name of Kaylin Guiden. And she is the third woman of AKA Beta Pi chapter that's been on the podcast this season. So I may have a small bias towards my AKAs, but you know, just letting you know, Kaylin, you you come behind some you some some of your L, your LSs and what have you. Yeah, I think you mean my profiles and you know they have definitely trailblazed in every area of life so i am honored to follow in their footsteps of being on this beautiful podcast i'm very very happy to have you so first let's I, we gotta just go right into it how we come across each other at ball state is because someone didn't want to follow rules and no, i definitely just want to like break the ice too much no no not no we can't do that that's not what happens. Like I have a job we to be do. A, are we being honest on this podcast we're, or no? We're being completely honest. This is the most right. honest you can be. You thought you were top flight security of Ball State. And <laughs> no. No. So I had to humble you. Like, sir, relax. Uh, oh, so you had to humble me. Okay. So yes. so the fact the fact of the matter is there is paperwork you have to sign in when you have a guest. Um, and this person had multiple guests. And I shouldn't have let this person up with the like if Ball State comes after me later on down the line, sorry in ahead of time. But like you had two guests. You don't just have one at this point in time. And you had two, which is one too many. But what did I do? I'm like, you just gotta fill this out, make sure your paperwork is straight, go on in. I still did my job. I broke the rules and still did my job. You're welcome. No, absolutely not. (laughs) First of all, it was my first night there. Like, relax, sir. I just got here. Let me familiarize myself with the rules. You came with the loud yada yada. Ah, hold on, ma'am. Nah, you got too many people up in this room. First of all, let me put my business out there. For people to know what I got going on in the 506. Like, relax. <sighs> Technically, the first person didn't count because they were in there before night hours started. Right All or right. wrong? I don't know this. I When I no, clock out I there, know. I'm not worried about that person being there or not. That is no longer my... No, 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 no. And if that was the case, that person would already had uh, the, the nightstand slip anyway. I'm... We're, I'm not going to let this entire episode be derailed by your lies. We're not no, because <laughs> you did too much. All you needed was a whistle and a flashlight. But no, they gave you a piece of paper and a pen. And you wanted me to be afraid of you. And Get out of here. And I had to make sure. Oh, oh yeah. Don't forget the card reader. Don't yes. forget the card reader. You don't put respect on the night staff and eventual night staff employee of the year. So. If we're going to put out everything out there, yes, I was top flight security at Ball State for two and a half years, and I kept the riffraff, like you and your guests, out. So that's just what it was. 
I was racially profiled, but whatever. <laughs> Shut your black mouth. <laughs> but in the spirit of being racially profiled, um, I definitely want to talk to you about your line of work. And if you could just share with our listening audience what exactly you do, because I know, but they don't know. Right. So before I segue into that, let me first just tell you uh, publicly that I am proud of you for being so candid about your own mental health journey, taking the steps to seek help, and also not being afraid to say, okay, and this person thinks I might need medication too, so I'm going to do that as well, because I know that's super huge for us. We don't do that. We got Jesus. That's all we need, right? We don't need medicine. We don't need a therapist, so forget that. So I'm really proud of you, and I just want to say thank you for playing your part in normalizing mental health for the Black community. Um, with that said, uh, again, my name is Kaylin Guidant. I am finishing my graduate studies as a licensed marriage and family therapist um, from the great old Purdue. Went straight from Ball State to Purdue. I know I feel like a traitor sometimes, but we got to do what we got to do. Um, so good. my focus, yeah, my focus is going to be um, couples primarily, um, but I have worked with children in all, um, of all ages as well. So I do really prefer to work with couples. And I personally love to work with black men. So that's that. All right. All right. So how did we get from, okay, Ball State, we're going to do social work, and then now specializing in relationship therapy? That's, I mean, that this is not necessarily news to me, but it's more so like this is really specialized now. So how do we get there from, you know, your undergrad to now your graduate degree? Oh, good question. So if you remember when you first met me, when you was being extra, I actually was there for pre-med and biology. Um, and I did that the first three years of undergrad. And then I went to a presentation um, by Odell Bazell and he did a, it was a workshop through a EIL. I think that's what it was, Excellence in Leadership. Um, he talked about finding your passion. And that's when I really was like, I, I'm good at this biology stuff. I like to make money. So I'm gonna be a doctor, that makes sense. But I love working with people. Um, so I took a career test through Ball State. But oh, think about family and child. It's like, okay. So it was my senior year. I was studying family and child studies. And we had a presentation about all the things you could do with the degree because it was so open. Um, and they started talking about couple and family therapy. So I was like, hmm, okay, I'll pin that. You know, right now we just got to get out of here, get this walking paper, get this bag. So I'm working in social work. I'm working with um, low-income families, primarily single mothers, um, and my passion just grew stronger. Like, what is the breakdown, especially with, like, Black women or Black families in general? Uh, most of I learned that, like, most of my clients were single Black women. Um, the d fathers of their children were either, like, ghosts from the jump or things just went left. And it's like, what is this breakdown? Um, so I, I said, I'm going to dedicate myself to figuring out what is the breakdown specifically for Black families. Um, and of course, I can sit here all day and talk to you and tell you how it goes all the way back to slavery, uh, but I won't do that today. Uh, so I decided I'm going to go back to grad school, um, study a couple of family therapy, see where that gets me. Um, and then again, graduate school, Purdue, um, a predominantly white institution, not a lot of professors that look like me doing my internship and my clinicals. Not a lot of clients that look like me. 
but I'm still missing something. So then I had this one client, uh, we'll call him John Doe, uh, who came in as a black man having relationship problems. And I think my love for just really focusing on couples and then black men came from working with him. Uh, it was his first time in therapy and I was just honored, like trusting little old me. I'm out here a baby therapist in the field trying to figure it out as we go along with we're working together. So I'm trying to help you, you're helping me. Um, I think just that love, I just realized in that moment how much I love us for real. And I wanna dedicate my life's work to helping us love us for real and staying in that healthy type of love. Um, so I think that's how I ended up here. That's one of the journeys. Okay, well, that definitely uh, hits home for me because even the person that I'm seeing, um, she is a black woman, she is a army veteran, and she's finishing up her graduate program. So like there's someone that she's reporting to about our sessions and things like that. So I get that at some point in time, you're gonna need to, someone's gonna be brand new and they, they're gonna need their first client, their first you know, person that they're seeing that's gonna give them the start to their career. So to John Doe, wherever he may be, I'm grateful that he allowed himself to seek your help and you also being able to pour back into him and you know the great work you're getting ready to do in this field is vital and very essential thank you yeah i'm gonna have to have an off record talk too because i'm learning some more stuff i didn't know about what's going on with best friends so we'll table that but yes but of course all right so mm -hmm. to kind of switch gears actually back to something you mentioned is just especially in the black community for those that are very, very religious, for those that are very, very spiritual, we just always are, we just give it to God, pray about it, give it to God and leave it alone. Um, how did you go from that? Because I think every kid that grew up in church or around church or has a praying grandmother, like that's where it all starts. Like you got to give it to God. But where do we transition to actually seeking out professional help? I think for me, the transition was me going through the grad program, like, okay, I need somebody to talk to you too. Uh, but overall, I think that transition needs to come from the revelation that God placed therapists on earth for a reason. We know Jesus is on the main line, call him when you want, the line is never busy. We understand that. But we also understand that the Bible also says that faith without works is dead. So yes, I'm going to give my problem over to Jesus because of course he is the ultimate problem solver. However, what if my solution is going to talk to somebody here that can respond to me in real time, that can see me, that I can see them and know that, okay, you do understand what I'm saying. Um, I think once we make that transition, mental health will be a lot more normalized and a lot easier and accepted within the community. I tell people all the time, my life mission is to bridge the gap between Jesus and mental health, ministry and mental health, however you want to say it, but also just to, again, to normalize it. That's really what we need at the end of the day. Because I think now in this time, if, if COVID didn't COVID and give what it's supposed to give, I think one takeaway we were supposed to get is that we need people. 
we spent years in, like, I don't know, I'm going to say years because I'm still not going outside and messing with Rona. But in isolation, and I feel like that's when we really realized the importance of having somebody there when you need someone to talk to. So if I'm struggling mentally, why not go seek help from somebody and talk to someone who understands the mental struggle I'm going through and who can help me remedy that? That makes sense. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. Because I believe that we always, you know, hand hand our problems off to the next person, Um, whether it be a sibling, whether it be a best friend, whether it be a a parent, if they're still here, even a grandparent. Um, I think what ends up happening is because there's people that carry so much weight from every other place, like if you're taking it from your kids, you're taking it from your job, taking it from your family, taking it from friends, taking it from all type of ways, and you just, you're carrying it. And like, you'll end up breaking down at some point in time. Like we are built, you know, to only handle so much. And I feel that at least in my perspective, like I understood that I'm like, before I break down, I need to seek and unload some of the stuff. Cause some of the stuff don't even belong to me. I don't need to be mm. carrying that. That's good. You're right. And it gets so heavy, but I think, especially with us, as black people, we're told you bend, but you don't break. So I don't care. The whole world is on your shoulders. You keep walking, keep crawling, don't lay down because we weren't built to break, right? But I feel like sometimes realizing that a part of that bend is being able to let me unload some of this stuff, especially the stuff that does not belong to me. I tell people all the time, most of the people that come to therapy are in therapy because of the people that refuse to go to therapy to let go of that stuff that's not theirs. And I came to those terms like, eh, this is not my stuff to carry. I'm about to drop this off, but I need help on how to properly drop it off. Cause sometimes we go. just say, oh, I'm done. And you just leave it there. But you really don't realize if you don't deal with the stuff you're trying to get rid of, it's going to come back. And I, again, just to tie it into relationships, I tell people all the time as well, the things that happen to you as a child, teenager, if you don't deal with those things in your adulthood, it's going to come back up in your relationships, like your romantic relationships, your intimate friendships with people, it comes up. And then we sit here like, "Uh, I don't know why I'm mad at him. I'm just mad because he said this one thing to me and I really just, I didn't like it, but I can't explain why. Because it's probably something that your dad said to you when you were little or your mom said to you when you were little and we haven't dealt with that. We just keep carrying it. I know I sat that down, but you didn't deal with it. So it's still there. So I can go on and on. So you got to stop me. No, that's that's so no, that's a word. And what you're saying is very, very true. Um, I know for me personally, there was a lot of unresolved things that I had with both parents that I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that was even remotely an issue. Because again, we you when you set stuff down, you're like, well, it's all forgotten, but I'm like, no, it's still there, it's just being unattended, and let you let you walk by it the right time, there it is again, and you're like, I'm mad all over again. So yeah, it's like that's when you upset. Yeah, it's like when you're upset, and then it's like the door, the doorknob just gotta catch that pant loop, right? You're like, 
of all the day. I'm already heated. Now the door trying to catch me up. That's how emotions work, right? We just say, oh, yeah, I'm I'm just done. I'm sitting that down. It's just sitting there collecting dust. All you need is that right day. Boof, here we go. Oh, man, I thought I got rid of that. That's why I say, oh, I thought I was changed, but I'm still a work in progress. Woo, that's, that's a word right there. We are still a work in progress because yes. the, the petty and me, we still working on. But in the meantime, between time, um, I definitely want to, since you're going into this, you know, couples therapy lane, I really want to get your honest perspective on ghosting and how it's, people make the decision to be like, you know what, I just don't feel like saying anything else. And then that leaves that person with a sense of, you know, I'm good. I'm not worried about it. And then it may leave the other person with what the hell happened. Ghosting is ghetto and it's immature. That's just my personal opinion. I've been ghosted. As a therapist, I've been ghosted. And it's like, okay, how do I want to process this as regular Kaylin? Or do I want to put on my therapist hat and just work through this? Because ultimately the problem with ghosting from a therapy lens is attachment and abandonment, right? But my thing is overall, just communicate. What is the point? Have you ever ghosted somebody? Me personally? What? Yes, I have. I'm not even going to lie. Like, yeah. I've had to. And it's, Why? it was really to like separate myself from a dead situation. I didn't even feel the need to argue anymore. I didn't feel the need to go back and forth with someone anymore. It's just like at that point in time with that individual, I chose me. It's going to be you or me, and I chose me. Right, but that doesn't sound like ghosting. There's a difference between ghosting and setting a boundary. And I feel like people like to ride that. Oh, no, I'm setting a boundary. No, sweetie, that was a ghost. Setting a boundary, yes, is when you do something for your health, for your benefit. No, you don't need to sit up and argue with somebody all day. Because, you know, you go out on a date with a little shorty, things went well, but then it went left, and you just don't like it. And you just say, oh, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to ghost her. I'm just not going to talk to her. Like, no, that's rude. That's ghetto. We got to stop doing ghetto things in the day of our Lord and Savior. We got to stop. We have to stop. We have to. At some point, we've all got to, you know, grow up and be mature enough to handle our relationship dynamics, whatever the level it's on. I think you can, but I think you can properly set boundaries and not need to say much. I feel like for me, my, my problem is when people try to find themselves back into your life at any particular chapter that they start missing you, it's more so it's like, God bless you, and then be about your business. Bye. Like, I, I, I just choose at this point in my life, at my big age of 32, I'm distancing the, the stuff I no longer have interest in. There are things oh. that I used to do that just I, I no longer have, you know, like the viable energy to expend. So I'm just like, well, fine, great, bye. And I'll be about my business. And I, and I feel like that's not the worst way to handle it. I just don't feel I need, to, I owe everyone an explanation. Okay, so then let's go back. When you say, how do I feel about ghosting? How are we defining ghosting? Let's be on the same page. All right, so for ghosting, I think your date scenario actually was a pretty good analogy where you're just like, all right, so you go out with someone um, and it just, you just know it's just like, no. No, right. you weren't for me. I, weren't, I wasn't for you. I'm not going to sit here and potentially drag you along 
or vice versa. And peace, my peace, my G. Like something like that. Just like right. a right. off a whim, you just like there's no more communication. Right. So what is the problem in just saying, hey, thanks for, you know, sharing your time with me today. But after, you know, the event that took place, I don't see this going any further and leaving it there. I Why think is that, that you know, there's, two, I think there's like a potential, you know, not trying to be the bad guy, not trying to be the villain, not trying to, you know, have the, I guess, connotation that, you know, you're a potential asshole. Like, I, I that's what it's been like for me. I can only speak for me in that situation because at the end of the day, I don't want something to be like, oh, he was a jerk, this, that, and the other, because that's not my character. But at the same time, am I going to sit here and waste your time, waste my time, pretend to like something I don't, or vice versa? I'm just like, no, nah, this probably shouldn't work. And at some points in time, I've just ghosted. I've just disappeared. Yeah, but when you don't have that conversation, it still is kind of dragging that person along, right? Because if you go out to dinner, you know this ain't it but you don't tell her yo sis this ain't gonna this ain't gonna do a thing she's still going to text you and you're not going to respond right so then if she's if she processes things like most women do or most people do then she'll think okay well i'll try to text him again see what's going on okay still no text okay well dang like what happened i thought we were vibing where did he just, you know, dip off to? So I think a lot of things could be eliminated if we stopped ghosting and just say, hey, like, thanks for your time, but I don't see this going anywhere. I mean, you probably say it a little nicer than that. Um, and then just bowing out that way versus just, I'm gonna just, you know, take you out, wind and down you and then never talk to you again. You'll get it eventually. Okay. And you explain it like that. You made that very, very simple. It's just not that simple. But I, hey, I get it. I do get that. And this is from a person that's understanding actions have consequences, no matter what they are. Even if you're yeah. trying to be the good guy and trying to spare someone's feelings, like at the end of the day, you're sparing their feelings doesn't help them in the long run. So I get that. Right. And eventually you could still end up being the villain, even though you don't want to be. Yeah, you can't control other people's narrative of you. I think that's the no. biggest lesson that I'm gaining from my personal journey is that I cannot dictate how someone else sees me. And that's kind of where I'm at present day because there's even still, we are so many years removed from certain relationships and things in nature. And it's st people still bring that up. And I'm like, for what? We Everyone yeah. else has grown. Everyone else has moved on. Like, why is that still... A topic of conversation. But anyway, anyhow, back to this episode, I want to make sure I give my listeners the way to go about seeking a therapist. So from the therapist's perspective and looking for a prospective client, like how does that look for you? For me, um, my biggest thing, like I've said, I think mental health is very important for the Black community. Um and it was important for me, for my therapist to look like me, um, only because there are some struggles that they may get that I don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time going into detail about to explain, like, why this was so messed up. Um, so that was number one for me. 
And then mm-hmm. just having that insight as a therapist to say, like, okay, this is what they use to like combat mental health issues. This is how they'll help me uh, made it a little easier for me to pick a therapist. But my advice to someone who's not a therapist seeking therapy is to think about what's important to you when you're connecting with someone. So do you want somebody that talks a lot? Do you want someone that's more prone to listening? Um, and in a minute, I'm going to give you some red flags for a therapist as well. Um, but do you want somebody, do you want somebody that looks like you? Um, like for you, like, was it important for you to have a black male therapist or a black female therapist? Like that's your, you know, what you want to do. Well, um, for me, I've, I've actually had both and I really have been on a support black women at every level. So when I had the opportunity to choose the race and gender, I knew they're already going to be black, but I know in my position, I feel like right now where I'm at is I need to uplift every single black woman that I possibly can to a platform where they can continue to thrive and get the spotlight. So it wasn't by accident or like, you know, happenstance that the first four episodes feature black women, including my very own mother. It was very, very intentional because I don't want this to blow up and then not ever like, oh, well, he didn't even he didn't pull anybody else on. Like there's someone that is wildly successful right now. They're getting a brand new TV show, but they've not really done their due diligence of pulling the next person up. And I have a problem with that in this industry. Like, I think that's, you know, we have a opportunity and if there's opportunity to create more opportunity you should take that and make sure everybody's good like once i open up the door if i don't look back and see if there's anyone behind me that wants to come in i'm now part of the problem i now am a part of the establishment where people have serious problems with entertainment so when it comes down to these real conversations when it comes down to these episodes i'm putting out i gotta make sure i include black women because that's who my audience is day in and day out when I'm working on magic. It's day in and day out when I'm out in the, in the city of Atlanta. Black women make a lot of this stuff happen. A black woman put me on radio. That's just what it is. Like, I can't sit here and diminish the value and importance of black women if I, and not give them that, that shine that they rightfully have earned and deserved. Yeah, we love you for it. Thank you. We do. Uh, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being intentional, even with like that. I'm going to, you know, think about what my therapist looks like and how I interact with my therapist and you still choosing to work with a black woman. I appreciate that. Thank you. I love black women. It's so amazing. But naturally, to get back to your question about picking a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really just think it all boils down to when you're in that room with that person and it's literally just you and that person, what kind of energy do you want to get back from that person? Do you want somebody that's going to be super like TV therapist is what I call it. Like here, lay on my big couch. I'm going to have my, my notepad and my pencil. I'm just like, mm, ah, every couple of minutes. Or do you want someone that's more relatable to you? Um, and there are so many approaches to therapy now, which is what I love. There's like holistic approaches, um, which I'm not that familiar with. 
Um, but it looks cool. I might get into it one day. We'll see where the Lord takes me. Um, or do you want a more structured setting with COVID now? We have like virtual therapy, um, telehealth is definitely on the rise. So your options are more limited now with who, well, your options are more open now with who you can see. Um, but there are some great resources out there. Um, I love therapy for black girls. I will put her on all day, every day. And she, I believe she's in Atlanta. I think so. Okay. Dr. Joy. Um, but she has like a website. Um, and it has like a category of black female therapists in every state where women can go on there, look up, you know, criteria they're looking for in a therapist and be matched. And you can reach out to that therapist and get those services going. And if I'm not mistaken, there is like a therapy for black boys now or black men. Um, I have to definitely listen to that and let you know. You can update your listeners. So I'm pretty sure that exists now as well. Um, so there are those two big resources. Um, Psychology Today, another one that people use. Uh, you got You definitely got to you got to filter on Psychology Today. You might have to go to page 597. Um, but we on there. We on there too. You know. So there we go. Patience and knowing that if you give it time, nobody's gonna instantly bond with their new therapist right away, right? I side out my therapist for a couple of days, a couple of sessions. Like, hmm, I don't know if this is gonna work. But give it time to build that relationship. But you have to be open and if that therapist relationship like works it's gonna work and if it doesn't work chances are it's not working because you're not open so i tell everybody don't come to therapy if you're not for real don't waste your dollars don't waste your time be open if you know you want a therapy just to not be open don't go because it's very, it's very obvious when people don't want to be there. I'm just coming because they told me I needed to talk to somebody. It shows. But let me know when oh. you want to talk to somebody. Okay. So now my question is, and this is really comes at discretion at, you know, therapists and things of that nature. But why do most therapists don't like the insurance? Like, what's, I, I want to ask you directly. Because I know you're getting ready to walk into it. And that may be something you decide to take or just like, nope, I'm going to need to, you know, be taken care of by the person. So how do you fall on that, uh, I guess, decision making? Um, This is just me. I am speaking for me and myself. And that's it. Um, I am. I do not like insurance at all. Okay. Um, the biggest reason is with insurance, you know, you got, even if you go to the doctor, you got a, I don't even know how insurance works. I don't deal with it. Don't you got like deductibles and co-pays and all that stuff? It's just too much, especially when you add therapy in the mix. Cause then it's, well, most insurance companies will only pay for like a limited amount of sessions. Um, that could be three sessions five sessions, 10 sessions, who knows? It's just depending on the insurance company. And with that, you also, as a therapist, you have to pathologize your client, basically give them a, a mental health disorder to for the insurance company to pay for services. Um, and I personally don't agree with that. Yes, I think we all have 
mental health concerns. Do I think all of them should be pathologized? No. Um, I think, so. like, for example, someone can have an experience with anxiety, but that doesn't mean they have anxiety. We all get anxious from time to time, right? But for insurance, right. it's like, no, this person got to be, like, they have to have generalized anxiety disorder for us to pay for this session. And then we only going to pay for five sessions. It's like, what does that actually do? Insurance works for some people. I don't know how they figure it out. I don't want to try to figure it out because I just want to be with my client, right? This is right. our space. This is how long we're going to talk. You can have 100 sessions if you want to with me. If you want to pay for 100 sessions, you can pay for 100 sessions. But insurance is like, nope, they get these five. Do what you do in those five sessions, and they better be healed and cured when you walk out, when they walk out that door. I am not Jesus. I do not do microwave popcorn therapy. You're not going to limit me to five sessions. Because, again, I feel like the first five sessions should really be you just learning your client. So I can't learn my client and come up with a treatment plan on how we're going to work through this, these issues. And just because we work through issue number one doesn't mean issue number two isn't far behind, right? Uh, mm. So that's why I don't I don't fool with insurance. No, sir. No, sir. But to that end, Sam, you know I talk a lot. But to that end as well, when people don't work with insurance, I understand a big barrier in the mental health community and Black community is that mental health is too expensive, right? You talking $120 per session for 50 minutes? Sis, I can't do that every week, right? And that's why we don't go to therapy. It's like, well, insurance, I got to get insurance to pay for it. They'll only pay for three sessions. Or I could pay out of pocket for however many sessions I need, but then I'm coming out a hundred something dollars. That's a cell phone bill. That's a cable bill. That's something. So there has to be some middle ground. Um, I could be like, you know, my profile didn't name me idealistic for a reason. Uh, but you know, I could just be an idealist, honestly, and say that I'm gonna figure it out where mental health services aren't going to cost that much, but I can still take care of me at the end of the day. I don't know. I'm not out there yet. But right now, I understand that that is a barrier. And there has we have to come up with something. Soon. Definitely. We need it. We need it. And I'm glad that you really just really broke that down for me. Because, I mean, especially when you come to think about the deductible part of what insurance is and you know, of course, there's stipulations that they you've got to send over, and then they've got to approve, and then they've denied. That means I need to vouch for myself, and it it does create a long web of just disarray. And it's like my mental health is at stake right now. Like, so I'm glad you really broke it down like that. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I can't imagine working with a client and then they go off. It's their last session. Insurance will pay for. And then something happens and they are in crisis. What am I supposed to? Sorry, Anthem said, you're done. Go figure it out on your own. No, I I could not with myself at the end of the day. I, that just can't be me. That won't be my that won't be my testimony. Mm-mm. You don't figure it out. And I can definitely tell you are very, very passionate about this. I think we're getting ready to wrap this up, but how can they find you personally? Like maybe they're 
you know, they have a few more questions that I didn't get to ask or just, you know, just looking to potentially take the nudge towards finding a, a counselor or therapist, how can they reach you, Kayla? Oh, please find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is super simple. Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-Y-N, period, Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-X. And that's only because somebody else stole my Instagram name before I got it. So, yes, Kaylin.ElizabethX on Instagram. Or if you want to follow me on Facebook, Kaylin Elizabeth. Uh, yep, super. I'm out there. A website coming soon. I'll let you know. Looking forward to the website. Thank you for this amazing dialogue. I know it's definitely going to resonate, especially with all the um, current headlines of mental health with Naomi Osaka, with you know Lizzo. There's people that are just like taking their mental health a lot more serious um, in 2021 and now beyond. So again, thank you for your insight. Thank you for your professionalism. Thank you for being one of my best friends. Um, even though you were trying to bully me as a night staff worker, we don't acknowledge that it wasn't um, top flight security. We just understand we were the best at what we did. Um, that is so. a nice, as a therapist, I'm gonna tell you, that is a nice reframe. I like how you reframed that. Go ahead, Sam, go ahead. I, I do what I do. I, I, I'm, I'm nice with this. <laughs> but we'll be, back, we'll be back next Monday with a whole new brand new episode of What Do I Do Now for the Labor Day weekend. So please take care of yourself and those around you. Talk to you soon.